0: You know, I think it's amazing the way that God can reach out to people today. And today we just heard of sharing about uh, just a creative way to reach unreached people that are poor, that are disenfranchised, and teaching them how to start businesses and how to uh, provide for themselves and then how to meet Christ and then how to develop a church it's an amazing way that God can work. He does it in so many different ways. And we can be a part of that. You know, when my wife was 17 years old, her sister came home from college and shared about how she had found faith in Christ. And the, the strange thing was is that Lori was kind of estranged from her older sister. Uh, her old, the older sister kind of used to boss her around, and so they didn't get along very well. You know, Lori doesn't like to be bossed around. Well, if you were a husband, you'd know that. She doesn't like to be bossed around. And so they didn't have a great relationship, but what she saw was that her sister had a different kind of love and a different kind of respect for her. Something had happened in her life because she had come to faith in Christ. And so she invited Lori that Sunday to go uh, to a service at church. And Lori said, I gotta see what this is that changed my sister. And she not only brought a Lori, but she brought the entire family and Lori's friend. At the end of the service, they all went forward and received Christ into their life. It changed the whole dynamic of her family. Because instead of a family just uh, kind of disintegrating, they had a center focus. They focused on Christ. Something changed there. Today, as we think about reaching out to other people... I want us to think about where does that begin? How do we do that? How do we reach people for Jesus Christ? What does God want us to do? You know, I believe there's a biblical mandate for all of us. First of all, it's to know Christ, to have a relationship with Him. And then the other thing God wants us to do is make Him known to others. Because that's what happened to you. If you're a believer here, somebody that you know reached out to you in love, and began to share the gospel with you. It could have been a friend. It could have been a family member. It could have been a ministry. There's so many different ways that could have happened to you. But it took somebody that cared enough to reach out. And this is something that God has to work in us, this passion for reaching out. I believe He does that as, he, as we get into His Word, as we get into His presence Things begin to change in our heart. He reprioritizes our lives. He sets things in a right order. And He gives us opportunity and He sets up divine appointments where we can interact with people that might not have been open to the gospel before, but because we know them, they begin. And because we share with them, they begin to be interested in the things of God. You know, our main text today was read by... uh, um, Jeff earlier today. It's from Colossians three, fifteen through 17. But it's a very familiar passage, I think. But it's one where the Apostle Paul was writing to the Colossians. They were brand new believers in Christ. He had never visited them. He was writing from a prison. But he wanted them to understand some of the things that they needed in their life in order to be effective for God in the world that they lived in. And these things are still true for us today. Think about this. Colossians 3, 15 and 16. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let it be the um, umpire. That's actually a... It's really the word that means an umpire, a guy that calls balls and strikes. Let let the peace of Christ uh, be the umpire in your life. Be the thing that guides you, that gives you a sense of the thing that I'm doing. If I don't have the peace of Christ... Maybe there's something missing in my life. Maybe there's something that's not right in my life. If I'm full of anxiety or worry. But he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and then be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. I mean, like, let it be what you're feasting on. The Word of Christ. And we talked about spiritual songs and the things that... And the worship and the presence of God. Teach and, and monitor each other. And I think what the Apostle Paul was saying... Really get to know the God that you love, the God that you serve. Really allow God to do that work inside you so that it flows through you to other people. And I know in our lives that we can be, we can be very busy and we can be very distracted from that happening. But this is what Jesus said. When Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit... And this, is a, this person of the Holy Spirit is a resource that is for every believer. He said this, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who received, who had believed in him were later to receive. Up to this time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. And so what Jesus was talking about was, He was saying that one day the Holy Spirit will come upon you and it will be like rivers of living water that God will pour into you his presence, his power, so it will flow out of you. Now, if you've ever been to Israel, there's a place called the Sea of Galilee and then there's the Dead Sea. The beautiful thing about the Sea of Galilee is that it's full of life. It's teeming with fish. Remember the stories of Jesus being on the boat and fishing with Peter and the disciples? They would catch thousands of fish. And uh, the Sea of Galilee is up here. It's not a very big place, but see, it it has an inlet. And it's coming from Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is this beautiful mountain, snow-capped mountain. With uh, beautiful streams and springs that come up from within the mountain. And they flow down this river and they empty into the Sea of Galilee. Then the Sea of Galilee has an outlet. It's called the Jordan River. That's right here. And the Jordan River, there's so many stories about the Jordan River, right? It's where uh, uh, Joshua and the people crossed over into the promised land. They crossed over the Jordan River. And that's also full of life. But then it empties into this place called, this big place here called the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea gets its name because everything that's in it is dead. There's no fish there. Insects can't live. The only thing that can live in there is little micro amoebas or something that you don't want to be around. But that's the only thing that can live there. It's dead. Why is it dead? Because it empties in and there's no outlet. It's just it's surrounded by desert. It's a great place to get a mud bath or things like that, but it doesn't really have life in it. And so Jesus, when he's talking about there is the Holy Spirit's going to be coming and there'll be rivers of living water flowing through you, he got everybody's attention there because in that area in the Middle East, Water is the greatest commodity that you can have. You need to have water to survive. And there's not too many places where you can get it. The Sea of Galilee was one of the the best places to get fresh water and drinking water. And so what he's saying is, if you really want to have life, come to me and I will pour into you the rivers of living water that will give you life and healing and grace. And so, when I think about that, I think about the apostles, after Jesus is resurrected, what do they do? They go into Jerusalem, and they wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And this is what Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Christ was saying, I'm going to give you the rivers of living water to flow into you, to empower you through the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's not just for yourself. It's not, it's not just for yourself. Yeah, we need God's love. We need His care. We need His forgiveness. But it doesn't stop there. It's got to be passed on to other people. Because other people are dying in the dead sea they haven't yet experienced the love and the care and understanding of God's love for them. And so the Apostle Paul, he's saying, keep your passion for Jesus alive. Let the peace of Christ rule in you. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. And then whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what is he saying here? He's saying that in every part of your life, whether you're a student or whether you're in your career, whether you're a single person or whether you're married and whether you have children or don't have children, in every part of your life, your responsibility and your role in life, let Jesus Christ have his way in your life. Because then, then there's going to be purpose, there's going to be direction there's going to be something that God does in your life. You know, I think about that. And I, I, I think about Nancy being here. God, she was, she, God is using her and, and she was working on Wall Street. And then He called her from there all the way over into East Asia to use the skills that she had. She didn't say, just give all those things up. No, those were gifts that He had given her in business and in finance. And then He's going to use that to help other people. And from that, it's going to be a bridge and a platform to share the gospel. You, too, have talents. We all have talents and gifts and abilities and relationships that have already been established in our lives through our families, through our friends. And they are bridges that we are supposed to take in order to share the gospel with other people. And God wants us to do that. But he doesn't stop there. You know, the next verses that the Apostle Paul talks about are all about the family. You know, we think that becoming a Christian, it's, not going to imp- it's just going to impact me. No, it impacts the entire family. It says this, in. so the Apostle Paul, he's talking to families then. He says, right in the next verse, he says, Wives, submit yourselves to husbands as is fitting in the Lord. And aren't you glad, ladies, that it says, as is fitting in the Lord? Because then it says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Well, it also commands the husbands to truly love. I have never seen a woman who would not submit to her husband if he loved her like he should love her. Because you want to submit to a leadership of a person if they really, truly do love you and respect you. Children, obey your parents and everything for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, don't embitter your children or they'll become discouraged. You know, I want to tell you the best gift that anybody can give to their children is a healthy marriage, is a marriage where they, where you really have Christ in the center of your marriage. Uh, this year, this past week, Lori and I celebrated our 42nd anniversary. Yeah, 42nd. And and it has been a blessing. I mean, it's. I mean, our my relationship with Lori has been a blessing and she's the greatest gift that God could ever give to me. But one of the things we started to do when we were dating, I would uh, buy her flowers. This is back in the day when you buy flowers for your girlfriend. And so I would buy her flowers and I would buy her three flowers. I'd buy her two red roses and one white rose. And I did it right from the very first Valentine's Day... That we had together. And I said, and we said, this represents me and you are the two red roses, and the white rose is Jesus. And we want to follow Jesus, we want to have Jesus Christ as the center of our relationship. And if we can keep him at the center of our relationship, I know that God will lead us and guide us in the years to come. And when we made that commitment to each other, What we were doing is we were saying, God, I want to invite you into my relationship. This is not a separate thing. My girlfriend is not going to be separate. Uh, I'm going to live this separate life and then I'm going to have church on this side. But my girlfriend, it doesn't have any effect on it. No, I wanted everything included into Jesus Christ. And then when we got married, we said the same thing. We want Christ at the center. And you know what her bouquet was when she walked down the aisle? Was it three roses? Now, the florist gave us a dozen, and it kind of upset Lori. She goes, What'd you give me a dozen roses? I said I wanted three roses. They felt bad, like we didn't have enough money, which we didn't have enough money, but they gave more roses than we needed. And Lori said, Oh, and her mother said, Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. I'll make the three bouquet, and you can carry it. And, um, but It represented something in our lives and it represents something still in our lives. You want to have Christ in the center of your life. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says this, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And that's what I want to tell young people when you're thinking about dating somebody, when you're thinking about starting a relationship, think about Jesus Christ being in Can Jesus Christ be in the center of this relationship? Can my Lord who I love still be in the center of this relationship? And if that's a negative, don't go further. Don't go further in that relationship. Make sure that Christ can be the center in that relationship. Not that you have to be called into ministry or anything like that because we already said whatever you do, whatever God has called you to Whatever occupation God has called you to, the medical field, whether he's called you to be a lawyer or an engineer or a teacher or whatever he's called you to be, still have Christ be the center, even in that career, in your relationships, and allow God to bless you because a threefold cord is not easily broken. Today, I, I, I entitled this message, what did I entitle this message Three-way conversations, that's right. I wanted to say conversations three-way. No, it wasn't that. It's three-way conversations. And three-way conversations are conversations or in our life when we allow Jesus Christ into the conversation and into the relationship. And that's really one of the reasons why we're even having Alpha is because we want to involve people in a conversation about who Jesus is. And God can, allow, God can use that in our lives. It says here in uh, Colossians 4. Uh, I'm going to go to Colossians 4, 5 and 6. Make the most of your chances to tell others the good news. Be wise in all your contacts with them. Let your conversation be gracious as well as sensible. For then you'll have the right answer for everyone, I like how it says it in the Living Bible. It says, make the most of all the chances that you have to share the good news with others. Be wise in all your contacts with them. How does God want to use the contacts, the people that I know, and to influence them to think about Jesus Christ and think about who He is and why they could follow Him and how He could bless their lives? God wants to use us to do that. You know, the first three-way conversation that ever took place in the Bible that I can see was between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, God is a trinity. He's three persons in one. He doesn't need us. He never needed us. Uh, God didn't feel lonely and then all of a sudden say, let me make man so we can have some fellowship together because I'm so lonely. No, that, 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 that's not true. But he did say, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. He said, uh, let us make mankind in our, image, our likeness. Mankind was created with the capacity to communicate, to love, to create, to reason, to make choices like no other part of creation. God allowed mankind to. To have this type of capacity and then also to have a relationship with him. And that's the beautiful thing about being born today, being a human being today. We can have the capacity to have a relationship with the living God. But he doesn't want to keep that relationship to ourselves. He wants us to spread that out to the rest of the family, the people that we know, the people that we love and the people that we want to share Christ with. When you think about the people in the Bible, they all had these three-way conversations throughout their life. You think about Abraham. Uh, You know, he was a person that was in communication with God. And he had this direct communication with God, but yet it affected his wife, it affected his children, it affected his entire family. You think about other people... uh, Like uh, Joseph in the Old Testament. When he was placed in prison, God was with him. But then he shared that conversation that he was having with God with other prisoners. And then he shared it with even the Pharaoh. And then he shared it with the rest of his family as God used him to save his entire family. God had uh, Joseph in a three-way conversation. Even when David fought Goliath when he was facing his tremendous enemies... God was giving David the instruction, the wisdom to share what he should do, to do what he needed to do. Mary and Joseph, the same thing. Including God in our life, letting the peace of God rule in your life, allowing his message to dwell in you richly, doing everything for his glory makes a difference in your life. And I want to encourage you, 2019, think about... Your relationship with God. What, are, what, what could be a goal that you have in your life in 2019 as it relates to your relationship with the living God? How are you going to allow the peace of Christ to grow more in your life? How are you going to allow the word of Christ to dwell more richly in you? How can God use you to do everything for His glory, whether it be at work, Or whether it be in your family. How could that increase in your life? I have one suggestion for you that would help you to do that. One of the things is to get deeper into the word. Get involved in a Bible study. Outside of just Sunday. Get involved in something deeper. I encourage you to join Alpha. Because I think you're going to learn a lot if you come to Alpha. If you can get out on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. Come to that. Other ways are, are get involved with uh, Moms in Prayer. If you're a mom here, you can get involved in Moms in Prayer. And other ways that you can be involved in getting into the Word of God. But the other part of it is, is then also be willing then to share what you've learned with other people. So what are some action steps to take? And we're going to finish up here. One, let, have God, let God have His way in your life. You know, sometimes... We need to do a fresh surrender to God. There's times in our lives when we need to do, we need to uh, refresh our surrender to God, renew our surrender to God. And what I mean by that is, if the peace of Christ isn't dwelling in us, isn't ruling in our hearts, if there is no sense of the Word of God dwelling in our rich richly, then we need to open up our lives to God and say, God, I need you to pour some of that river in my life, and I want to open up to you. I want to open up to your Holy Spirit to lead and guide me. I'm going to have the worship team come up right now and, and start to play. The other part is, in when we do surrender, the Bible says that we can be filled and empowered by His, by his very presence. And God wants that in our lives. He wants us to experience His power and presence in, his, in our lives. And then He wants us to share that, our experience with God, with other people. There is nobody here that God cannot use. If you're surrendered, there's nobody here that God can't use. And He will amaze you how He wants to use you people's lives. But you have to be surrendered. You have to be empty to be filled. You have to say, God, these are the areas in my life that are messed up. I want you to take control of them. And I want you to have your way in my life. And then you have to trust and believe that He can use you. So today as we end our service here, we sing this next song. I just... Ask you to open up your heart to the Lord. Ask him to minister to you. If you want to come forward for prayer, we'll pray with you. If you have somebody in your life that, Lord, I know I'm supposed to invite somebody to Alpha, but I don't know if they're going to come. But I want to pray for that. I want to pray for that. And so uh, we'll, we'll encourage you. We'll, we'll stand with you in prayer for that.